Hi, folks. One of the reasons I start every episode with a disclaimer that I'm not a credentialed academic is because even though I do my best to provide the most accurate portrayal of Norse mythology that I possibly can, I realize that I'm bound to make at least a few small mistakes here and there. And I don't want you all to think I'm some kind of ultimate source for correct information about this material. No one person should be your single source for truth about anything. And in the context of this show, we're all just learning from the experts together. So now that we've gotten all the way through Ragnarok, I figured it might be a good time to issue a brief update on a couple of things I mentioned in past episodes that I've come to learn were not 100% correct. Fortunately, I haven't found any enormous mistakes yet, but of course there's still plenty of time for that. So here we go. Episode 6 was a profile on the god Thor, and there was a moment in that episode where I broke down the evidence for Thor having red hair. As part of that evidence, I repeated a claim that originally came from Jacob Grimm that was cited in Medieval Folklore, A Guide to Myths, Legends, Tales, Beliefs, and Customs by Carl Lindahl, John McNamara, and John Lindau, 2002. The claim was that at the time of Grimm's writing, the North Frisians had retained a colloquial curse that translates into English as Let Red-Haired Thunder See to That. However, I've since learned that this was actually a mistake made by Grimm. I'll spare you some of the details, but the gist of it is that Grimm seems to have Frankensteined this quote together from disjointed lines of dialogue in a play written by Jaap Peter Hansen near the end of the 18th century. In fact, Hansen apparently read Grimm's work, and when he discovered that quote, he remarked to his son that he absolutely had not recorded a preserved mythological formula and that the words he used had only occurred to him in the moment as he was making up dialogue for a character with an exaggerated habit of swearing. Hansen's son recalled his father saying that nobody in that area had probably ever associated the adjective red-haired with the noun thunder at any point before. Additionally, the word Grimm translated to thunder in this context had actually been borrowed in from Low German as a reference for the biblical Satan. So, a better translation of the full line where the alleged phrase red-haired thunder occurs ought to be, quote, Eric Senken, that red-haired devil, has been carrying cookies to our hall all afternoon to make himself popular with all the girls, end quote. It's sad that we have to toss this out, because it leaves us without any evidence I'm aware of that the Germanic thunder god was thought of as red-haired outside of Scandinavia. However, Thor's red hair but more commonly a red beard specifically, is still well-evidenced, being mentioned in five different sagas and applied to depictions of St. Olaf after the idea of his legendary character began taking on aspects of Thor. Those sagas are Borðar Saga Snathasos, Erik Saga Rauða, Flóamana Saga, Sturbjarnathottar Sviakapa, and Olaf Saga Tryggvasonar. The other correction I want to make here requires less explanation. It comes from episode 11, which was a profile on the god Odin. In that episode, I noted that we haven't found any archaeological evidence of clearly Odinic jewelry commonly worn by average people. As part of a section where I was explaining the relatively common scholarly idea that Odin worship seems to have been particularly associated with warrior bands and nobility. The part about jewelry, however, turns out not to be true. 
At the time, I mistakenly held the idea that jewelry depicting Odin had only been found in graves of nobles and that sort of thing. But that isn't actually the case, and I'm honestly not sure where I got that idea. Examples have since been pointed out to me by others who are more versed in the archaeological side of things than I am, illustrating that this type of jewelry is a lot more ubiquitous than I originally thought. This doesn't necessarily disprove the overall point about cult worship of Odin being concentrated among nobility in ancient times, but it does add a layer of nuance that's good to be aware of. Well, for now, that's all I've got in terms of corrections. As I discover more mistakes, I'll continue to update you. Hopefully, I won't have to do it all too often, though. Either way, I'll see you next time on Norse Mythology, The Unofficial Guide. One major source for these corrections includes Das Altenglische Volksepos in der Ursprünglichen Strophischen Form by Hermann Möller, 1883.